Dr. Tio Wan Lin, and welcome to my podcast, Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. In this episode, we're going to talk all about the eyebrows. More specifically, the different brow procedures available, such as microblading and brow lamination, and the benefits and risks of these eyebrow treatments. We've heard it said that the eyes are the windows of the mirror to your soul, but you know that the eyebrows actually frame the eyes as well as your entire face, especially these days when we are all wearing a face mask in public. Your eyes are actually what、um, people are first drawn to as a key focal point.、Um, Not just of you, but of your expressions and your personality.、Um, it often offers a clue to how you may feel. The eyebrows are also the ultimate key to appearing well groomed with minimal makeup. Let me explain that a little bit more. A pair of well-groomed brows is the ultimate thing that will draw people's attention to your face. I want to share a little bit about my personal preferences about、um, eyebrows. Now, I would like to share that I do not like eyebrow tattoos.、Um, definitely never on myself, but also when I see it on others. The Older methods of eyebrow tattooing is no different from、uh, true tattoos,、uh, in that they use this、um, you know greenish black ink,、uh, which over time, if not done well, also changes color, and it also looks rather unnatural. Other newer techniques of、um, brow enhancements. Such as microblading, are actually、uh, born out of the、uh, traditional method of、uh, tattooing. So it's definitely a lot more natural looking,、um, but it still is injecting types of pigment in small amounts using a traditional tattoo gun. Um, many small needles are used, so these needles will also sort of draw these tiny hair strokes、uh, at the same time when they are, you know, depositing pigment under your skin. It's definitely a lot more natural looking, but from a medical perspective, it is very similar to the tattooing process, which is. Essentially, depositing、um, semi-permanent or permanent pigment. Microblading, the modern form of eyebrow tattoos, works as a sort of semi-permanent eyebrow makeup that is used to fill in the eyebrows. This process of inserting pigment into the skin's upper layers allows the shaping and alterations of the brows, making them appear fuller and thicker. The process of tattooing、um, involves. Injecting pigment to the level of the skin, known as the dermis,、uh, which is、uh, where, if one were to suffer an allergic reaction to the tattoo ink, for example, the inflammation will occur, causing something known as 
uh, foreign body type of reaction. I have seen, for example, um, cases of granulomatous reactions, um, a systemic uh, disorder known as sarcoidosis, which is triggered off by tattoo procedures. I think it's very important for both, you know, dermatologists who are in the field of medicine and science, as well as laypersons to really understand these uh, brow treatments and what they entail. Because it is marketed as a sort of cosmetic um, procedure that's done easily in a beauty salon by beauticians and not by medically trained staff. Now, uh, the key here is that there is a realistic need for individuals, for example, who have um, lost their eyebrows either due to chemical damage or even a medical condition, such as uh, alopecia universalis is an autoimmune disorder and microblading is then a very legitimate cosmetic procedure that can help to restore an individual's um, self-esteem by uh, creating the appearance of the uh, you know natural looking brows. Because the brows are a focal point of the face, microblading can be extremely helpful, especially for those who have lost their brow hair for whatever reason. While the immediate effects of microblading are pretty apparent, what about the long-term effects? What are the risks of microblading? At the same time, we want to be aware of the potential downsides of these procedures. So I am most concerned with um, the uh, fact that there is a needle use in this case. So you have to ensure that it is performed in a surgically sterile setting. And it's not just about making sure that your instruments are new or say if they've just been heated over a flame. We're talking about certain types of microorganisms that survive on clean instruments. But when these clean instruments, which are not sterile, are being used um, to inject pigment, say via a needle into the deeper layers of your skin, that can actually cause uh, certain types of infections. And I have seen atypical mycobacterial infections that arise from facial procedures, even with uh, facials where the beautician or the aesthetician is merely uh, trying to extract, um, say, a comedone or is trying to squeeze a pimple. So for microblading eyebrow tattoo procedures, when there is this deposition of tattoo pigment, uh, as we mentioned before, it can actually really elicit a foreign body type of reaction. And that's essentially your body mounting an allergic inflammatory response, which has nothing to do, whether, uh, to do with whether the instrument used was sterile, see it's autoclaved by gamma radiation, um, which is the case for surgical instruments, but it's simply what we call an idiosyncratic reaction, which means it cannot be predicted. Um, it also need not appear immediately. It can be a delayed sort of reaction. So in that sense, um, one has to be aware of these risks. And um, it may, of course, uh, be a trigger you know, in very unfortunate situations for more serious 
systemic diseases like sarcoidosis, which we have seen in patients with tattoos. Yeah, these are definitely some risks that we want to pay attention to. Well, in your practice, have you seen patients come in with these kinds of reactions from microblading procedures? Uh, I personally have not yet seen a patient with this condition for those who have undergone uh, microblading procedures, but in theory, it is definitely possible. Uh, there have been cases reported, so definitely do your research where you're having your microblading done. Um, there should be some sort of training and certification uh, and definitely do not try to uh, DIY or, or go on like a budget um, method of achieving these things on your own. That's very important. I've definitely seen horror stories of DIY microblading gone wrong, in which there are risks of infection, overly deep cuts in the skin that can result in scarring, or just plain bad results where things go wrong. And instead of looking natural, the brows end up looking asymmetrical or disproportionate. So we definitely want to leave this to the professionals. Moving on, what are other brow treatments that are available? Another type of brow treatment I want to talk about today is brow lamination. So with brow lamination, uh, it's interesting because it really treats your existing brow hair. So it's not applicable for those who have um, you know, no brow hair to begin with, but it's addressing the shape as well as perhaps the texture and the fullness of eyebrows. So they're actually using certain perming or relaxing chemicals such as those um, used in salons for um, hair. Aminothioglycates are an example of these chemicals which are being used to break the bonds of your brow hair uh, in order to um, change the shape and also perhaps to increase the appearance of fullness for sparse brows. Brow lamination is also another popular treatment that some may prefer over microblading, as it works on your existing hairs instead. We know that this isn't an invasive procedure, but it's not without risks of its own. What are the potential side effects that can come from brow lamination? I feel that um, there is a risk that individuals who perform this on a regular basis may lose their brow hair simply because we know that these uh, perms or relaxes actually chemically treat your hair um, and it does make the hair more brittle and the skin over your eyebrows, uh, under your eyebrows, is also considered uh, quite delicate First of all, it's facial skin. Uh, it's not, for example, the skin on your scalp is a lot more uh, resilient. It's much thicker. Uh, and also brow hair itself can be quite fine. The same thing with uh, lash hair, eyelashes. So over many treatments, uh, and especially if you have um, an allergic reaction, which can occur immediately or over many months or years, your underlying uh, skin can develop redness, flaking, and may even become a form of persistent dermatitis. 
A basic rule of thumb is this: try to minimize um, exposure to chemicals that actually break or change the bonds of your hair. So hair is actually considered dead. It's made up of keratin, which makes it very amenable to styling. And、uh, brow lamination, for example, is a rather creative application, and it does. Uh, give a rather satisfactory result for individuals who are sick of having to fill in their brows or having to groom them, but、uh, it is definitely not without its risks as well. On this note, there is a DIY hack of using a soap bar to、um, try to laminate your brows on your own, which is. Rather ingenious, and it's said to be an old Hollywood makeup trick,、uh, where you use、um, pass soap、um, to basically try to shape your brows to hold it in place. I think that is a lot less harmful than the use of、uh, the chemicals in true brow lamination, which is performed in salons, but. The other thing, of course, is the、uh, soap bar itself isn't actually meant for leave-on application. I think for most people, especially if you do not apply large quantities of it、uh, onto your brows and it gets onto your skin, it works a little bit like a styling wax. But if it is a soap bar. The content of the laureth sulfates, for example, would be higher than in a shower gel or shower cream, and this is why、uh, most dermatologists recommend avoiding spa soaps for individuals with sensitive dry skin. Yeah, I've come across this soap brow hack, and I've always thought it was just a safe, fun way to kind of style the eyebrows. But I also do have pretty sensitive skin, so this might be something I want to avoid. I think the important、uh, point to take home here is we all want beautiful brows, but we also should think of a sustainable, healthy way to increase the growth of your eyebrows、um, and also maintain a beautiful, well-groomed appearance. So how do we set about doing that? I personally treat my brows with a peptide formula that's also meant for use on lashes. That has been proven in a、uh, clinical study to encourage the growth of eyelash hair,、uh, and I have also applied this to the brows. The key thing here is very well tolerated by both the sensitive periorbital area as well as the brow area, and the other thing, of course, is that I use a、um, special wax formula to style my brows, which is based off a certain fatty acid, linoleic acid. Um, and also contains other antioxidants, which are healthy for your skin and your brow hair.、Uh, essentially, we want your brow hair to be resilient, to avoid breakage,、uh, not just at the roots but also at the ends.
That makes sense, because at the end of the day, we want to make sure whatever we're applying on our face, and that includes the brows as well, are safe and beneficial for the delicate skin around the eye. So today we've covered the process of microblading and brow lamination, how they work, and the potential risks these treatments may come with. We also talk about seemingly harmless hacks such as soap brows and why those with dry sensitive skin should not be using this method. Well, that's it for today's episode. You can follow Dr. Tio on Instagram at Dr. Tio Wan Lin for the latest podcast updates. And remember to check out our website at www.scienceofbeauty.net for the full podcast transcript. Mm-hmm.